the dynasty think tank i'm chad parsons he is jordan mcnamara we share our research experience and acumen to build dynasty winners and unlock ceiling outcomes now is the time to seek elite results our big thoughts for the week and we are to the off-season mode we're to the super bowl mode for nfl teams but we really do have a different mindset for how we think in season is lord of the flies so many things change the market is uncertain but we're going to be reaching the off-season where you do have to have your own tenants as a dynasty owner and GM in place because market value is going to be a lot more static for longer periods of time. And there's a different flow to the offseason, Jordan. So we're going to have a dialogue on strategy, team building, and overall player value discussions for you, the dynasty team builder here in the offseason. Yeah. And I think just to start, your lineup doesn't have a need. Right? I think that's the the most important thing that always guides me. Right. Your lineup doesn't have a need. Um, and the second thing that really guides me this this time of season, right? Top 20, 30 guys, like those you build around those guys, you add to them, you don't subtract to them because the risk gets too great. Right. And the the difference that those top 30 guys make uh is is really big. And the once you start getting out of that, the risk on a lot of these guys, free agency the draft, you know, changing situations that affects guys down uh, ADP a lot more than it does those top 30 guys. Um, you got to be really, really careful, like outside of that range. So always be careful on, on, you know, preserving those star players. Yeah. And we talk about this from a startup draft lens of, Hey, at all points, when you have rookie pick slots in there, you're comparing rookie pick, insulation rookie pick factors um, and all of that and team building versus the veterans that you're deciding between. And it doesn't mean you're going to pick all rookie picks. It doesn't mean you're going to pick all veterans, but it does mean you can see there more so than a trade market. You can say, Hey, it's this quarterback versus one Oh three. It's this, this running back versus one ten. You have that tangible. Would I make this trade or this time of year? We talk about this every January, February. There's a lot of risk for many players of the range of outcomes and on the bad side of what could happen uh, for situational or more situationally valued uh, NSS players. Because we have the free agency, we have possible trades, you've got the draft that are going to unhinge some player values there. And so getting to week one, and like you said, it's not lineup season, but uh, you know, at some point we'll transition there. You've got a long way to go to make trades, bring in players, but the uh, making sure you don't acquire players that are risky uh, and, and seeking them out is is one big tenant for the off season. And we actually talked again. I don't want to give away a lot of the details. We discussed it a lot more uh, micro level, but on the premium side, we had a long form discussion uh, for the premium stuff this week. And one of those things was you were discussing, you know, moving into an elite rookie pick because of, you know, whether or not you're making that pick, but it offers you optionality and flexibility towards other things at some point from now into the future where you don't really have to decide where some of the stuff you were giving up, there's a lot more question marks on maybe what that might hold. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, right. The amount of answers that you can get right now, and we think we know a lot and then, you know, all sorts of craziness happens between now and 
right the draft let alone the draft to you know week 10 um and all the chaos that can happen right you got to be really really careful making specific bets so if you are trading and we'll get into this a little bit more like if you're trading or if you're thinking about it and you're saying okay well i can trade this player for for two other options that i really like like you got to realize that especially if that player is a really really good one that you're trading away the odds you're right on that especially this time of year super low Right. Super low. So be extremely, extremely careful trading down at this time of year. From yeah, the top guys, point. right. If you're right. getting, if you're outside the top 50 or so, I mean, that's a great time to trade down. But and it's, yeah. And it's different than arbitrage. Like we talk all the time about like, Hey, are these players really that different? Are these profiles really that different? And you're like, well, I'm also getting this on top, you know, and if it's not a fourth round pick, if it's not, you know, you know, it's something that's actually tangible where my favorite ones are the ones where you have two, you know, two wide receivers, two running backs, two somethings, you know, and you sit there and you go, you know, they're pretty similar to me. And then the fact that you can get something on top and my favorite is when that third piece, you know, in a one for two, you're like, I could see outcomes where that's actually the most valuable thing in this whole conversation. You know, they're making the bet that my side, you know, what they're acquiring in the two for one, they're paying up the premium to get something that they view as better. When I view it as similar and I view it so similarly, I could see, you know, 201 or 110 or whatever's included in the ancillary part of this. I could actually see that being the winner two or three years from now. I find that always the best kind of feeling when you walk into a trade. And you also mentioned, you know, trading, you know, the best player in the deal. And the other thing I'll include in this is also when, you know, trading out of the best player, especially if it's at a premium position. You know, we talk all the time about tight end premium at Superflex. Those are dynamics where you have to be very careful about, you know, trading those things away or trading the best one or trading from a premium to a non-premium. That's the thing. I would say there's always these like little pockets of themes when I'm talking to listeners, subscribers, super fans of you know, categorizing deals, like you always say, like, what's your, what's your, what's your thing, right? What are you trying to achieve? Is that your, yeah, we're trying to that's accomplish. one of your stock lines. Like, yeah, I, like I hear that in my sleep sometimes. What are you trying to achieve? And then you have another one that's kind of similar to that, um, you know, or what are you trying to execute? There's a, there's a two, two or three different iterations you have of, of phrasing that. And so what are you trying to achieve? And then the other part is, you know, like why, another thing you can say is like, well, why are you moving away from the premium position? And a lot of times, you know, the, people will try to fix wide receiver and it's through the vehicle of like trading a quarterback in Superflex or trading a tight end in two PPR. And it's like, I don't know. It seems like you should maybe fix it from running back, you know, or like, are you sure this is the right or, or do it through a rookie pick or like do it a different way. Like don't sell George Kittle to try to address your wide receiver two spot, you know, or like there's these interesting scenarios that people will try to do are like, well, I got three quarterbacks. Okay, well, is that enough? Like, is that the right amount? Too much? Like, it's interesting how some people will be like, "Well, I'm, I'm, I'm too strong. Like, I'm just too strong at quarterback. So, I, I, let me trade one for a wide receiver. They'll, they'll be in my lineup." And it's like, well, you're dealing from a very scarce resource to one that's a little more robust. Like, you can get guys for third round rookie picks probably that can help you probably as much as the guy that you're like. Be really careful about that kind of stuff. So. And, and just to share one thing uh, that I was thinking about, because you were talking about how, you know, moving through players, we, we that was a theme. And I'd, I'd really encourage folks to sign up and listen over at patreon.com uh, slash dynasty think tank, because 
uh, we had a really good discussion amidst a lot of things we discussed for about an hour plus this week. But one thing that I was thinking about, it was a deal I made where, again, I'm not, I am not a fan club card carrying vice president of, of the, the, the club for Garrett Wilson. But I did acquire Garrett Wilson in a, in a format that made sense because like you, I was thinking about him as a vehicle where I can see a lot of scenarios playing out where Garrett Wilson gets me to places or players that I can't get with what I gave up to give it, to, you know, to acquire him. And so moving through a player where if, you know, I view Garrett Wilson as pretty insulated, I'm going to question, you know, do I think he's as good as Justin Jefferson or, you know, he's getting, he's, he's in a pretty high air, but to think that you can't get to Jefferson or somewhere else or a premium spot or whatever you want to do through Garrett Wilson plus you absolutely can. So that was my thinking in making the deal, you know, and so some of these deals, it depends on the price you pay, but also, uh, again, the theme of premium position versus non-premium, and then also uh, thinking about players as assets and tools this time of year as well. Yeah, and like, I have to pinch myself on this too, like exactly what you were talking about. I have a Alan Mahomes, Jordan Love team, and at some point, right, the optimized play is probably to trade one of those guys. And every time I look at the team, I'm like, well, I can, you know, I, let's look at some offers. And I keep coming back to like January is not the time to trade a top 10 quarterback for, you know, to get off of some depth, right? It's, it's just you're to much your better off to do it when it's a more advantageous situation, right, in season or whatever. And I think just like, I mean, even if you're concerned about Jordan Love, like trajectory, I think that deal in August isn't terribly different. And at least you just have more security, right? If you want to make that deal in terms of what you're actually trading for. Even if it's a secondary part, right? Like, let's say you're trading Jordan Love for strong, you know, tight end plus uh, wide receiver combo. Whatever the lesser side of a lesser part of that is, there's going to be some level of risk, you know? So, why you know chance like jordan love like he if anything he's gonna get a massive deal right you know Mm -hmm. if if anything he's gonna seem more stable in august than he is today if anything you know it's probably more neutralish but like you said it's probably not going away but yeah like that's a that's a pretty rare scenario where you go yeah i'm strong enough at one and two that three is excessive but you could actually make the argument that you got to be really really specific with, with what you're looking for because otherwise i mean Let's face it. You have you have scenarios where you could still win the league if Allen's out for the whole year. You know what I mean? Like you have, right. like that still is comforting. Now again, if you build up and you hit end up hitting on someone like remember Geno Smith goes from zero to some something tangible. Like if that's your QB four, then you know you have a much better argument to say, well, even in that scenario, uh, you know I'm still dropping a ton of value on my bench here. So yeah, uh, but. Few people, you know, have Gordon Love as a QB three, you know, and and behind two dominance. So, right. But yeah, I think, like you said, I mean, it, it, this time of year, there's we have a lot of dominoes to fall, and so you have to be really careful about giving up the ones that have the most insulation from said dominoes. Yeah. Uh, where do you, can you think of offhand? We we talk all the time about did I get enough, but in a macro sense. Can you think of scenarios where trading away the best player in the deal? Like, can you hit on hit on a point or two where where that kind of makes sense or where you can validate that or where you do give the thumbs up for folks uh, 
if you are trading that best player? Uh, you you need to do it within well, it, different positions require different answers to this question. Is I think one thing right. Um, I can trade the best player in the deal if it's a if it's a running back. Feel comfortable, you know. Maybe it's going to get me a lesser wide receiver, but get me some flexibility, kind of lock in um, some positional. Uh, flexibility and then again we're going to try and attack the running back position in the aggregate right um so i think that's like one way to think about it right um where you're kind of going across positions right so running back i'm I'm okay selling the best player in a deal um, receiver i think you can get away with doing that um what you're trying to do there is just you know arbitrage down right and we've talked a lot about this but like you know what's the difference between you know, wide receiver three yeah. or four and wide receiver eight, right? You know, like it depends on who those players are at any right. given moment, but we might like, you know, Amon Ross St. Brown more than, uh, you know, CD Lamb, you know, Armin Ross St. Brown plus from then CD Lamb, right? Like you, so you're kind of taking that, right? That's a scenario where you might trade. I'm just picking a couple of players that kind of fall yeah. in that range. I like both of them. Um, sure. I think a quarterback, you had to be really careful doing that. Um, I think tight end, you had to be really careful doing that, especially if you have a top you know, three guy, right, at tight end. Um, but, um, but yeah, those are the things. And, and uh, the other kind of rule, uh, general rule, I would say, you don't trade the best player in a deal to speculate, right? You don't do that. Right. So you're not on buying low. Right. You're not trading the best player in a deal and trying to buy low on someone else's problem. You never do that because that's just an you're just inviting problems. Well, and here's the other thing: speculation is also be careful on the guys that haven't done it. Be yes. careful on the guys that, and again, it, it's in buckets, right? If we were going to put in subsets, they're like I actually started doing, you know, uh, profiles of how proven guys are, and I have I have some criteria for what goes into that, and you know. Promising is nice. Like promising right now is Garrett Wilson. Promising is someone like Rasheed Rice. These are promising players. But to say that they're going to get home and be multi wide receiver one seasons and all this kind of stuff, that is what was the phrase you used? Proje- not projecting, but basically you're yeah, speculating. So that would be speculating. But the assumption of that they're going to take the next step or two steps and they're going to be the guy. This is going to be massive. Like like trading, you know, you go from Amon Ross St. Brown and you go, well, I'm going to get Rasheed Rice plus plus. That is taking on a lot of risk. Mm-hmm. And if Rasheed Rice does not become that dude, then you are unlikely to be happy with that deal and graphically so. Right. Right. That is called, that's speculating. Correct. And, and that's projecting ahead to something that you really don't have data points that it's happening or going to happen. Right. So you got to be careful with deals like that. And that's why it's different, like you said, working around the edges of saying, well, if someone's willing to give me, you know, if, if that's moving from Lamb to Brown, if that's moving, you know, uh, you know, in, in ranges of known. Or the one thing we've said, I, I guess one of the final points here I'd say is, the other way to do it is you're picking up additional stuff or a first or things like that but what you're but you're getting a player that literally for the next couple of years could outscore that other player so you're taking the age bet you're taking the career arc bet right like someone right now if you add years if you're going from a 25 year old wide receiver 
to Tyreek Hill, but you're getting a first round pick. So that's one where you're making the bet of saying, hey, I'm getting a stud. I'm taking on age. I know that. But I'm also getting stuff on the side to where my goal is to bridge that gap for the next couple of years. I might even win it. I might even get the stronger season here. And that is going to make the tolerance of age worthwhile. So that's another avenue that we talk about all the time. You know, you're getting an older player. You're getting a player that could be as or more productive, but you're also getting something meaningful on the back end. So that would be another scenario where technically dynasty asset wise, you're giving up the best player, best asset in the deal. However, that is one where we've seen it many times, not always, but you can win that deal and you can win it in a, in a firm fashion because you know, you're, you're getting a guy with a proven track record, elite ceiling and someone that you might win that deal by three, four, five points per game in a one year scenario. And again, it doesn't mean they're still, lesser valued as a dynasty asset, but you clearly could win that deal. All right. Uh, speaking of, did I get enough? And this one is a little tighter than we usually pick uh, in terms of the the key pieces involved. Justin Herbert. So in the news, Jim Harbaugh going there to the Chargers division of death that we have there with Patrick Mahomes. He, he makes it. He's the Grim Reaper. So uh, obviously you need to bring all your heavy artillery if you're going to, in the macro, uh, take down that dragon, beat that level boss. Uh, so you had Justin Herbert and Sequan Barkley traded for Kyler Murray, Devin Achan, and a 24 second. Taking the Herbert Barkley side on this. Okay. Uh, I think the quarterback's better, right? You start, you start there. You start at the premium positions, right? I, I think I'm guaranteed more with Herbert than I am with Kyler. Right? I think Kyler's range of outcomes is much wider, and I'm not sure it's, I'm not sure the right tail of that is is higher than Herbert's, right? At the, uh, you know, and we have questions about him as a passer and the supporting cast and all that stuff, right? Um, so I would. So that's, again, you start at the premium position and then you you ask yourself, like, is the arbitrage off of Barkley worth doing? And I don't think it is. Yeah, I, th- I think with with we this is kind of encapsulates a couple of things we just talked about. Um, and this tra- trade was in the queue long, long before we were going to go on that discussion uh, in the opening segment that you know, you're you're basically moving around the running back position. And second one, Barkley, older, but you're taking this bet of, well, Barkley's going to be an NFL starter for, what, the next couple of years, three years? Mm-hmm. I mean, he's the type of profile that they last pretty easily into their late 20s and see, see beyond that. He certainly has some juice to lose, <laughs> and he's still going to be NFL quality and caliber for his movement and all, all that. And, you know, so you're trying to win this. Like, it's pretty obvious by market that, you know, the Kyler Murray is paying, Kyler Murray owner is paying to move up at quarterback. And so the move down, again, Achan, is he one that's going to elevate to such an extent that if you miss on the quarterback part and you're like that gap between Herbert and Murray is pronounced or it widens. And I think the risk and the thing that would worry me in this deal is in three years, how do you feel about Justin Herbert and how do you feel about Kyler Murray and what is the upside and, you know, the, the, the upside and downside scenarios of that. And I think it could be pretty pronounced, you know, I mean, we're talking about 
Kyler Murray, where athleticism and movement is his thing, we haven't seen a lot of progression as a passer. That's worrisome. Justin Herbert got out of what looked like a toxic situation. He's getting Jim Harbaugh. Uh, you have to think, hey, is he going to be aided more by the defense, more by the run game? Justin Herbert is also just really good. So I I think we know where this could go. And then I don't think Achan's going to matter at all in this deal when you look at it through that prism. You're giving up quarterback. Again, the value might be fine. You might sit here and go, oh, Achan's awesome. He's young and he's going to hit big. Well, but what are you going to do with that if he does? Try to go get yourself a quarterback upgrade? Because you just lost one. Like, yeah, right? I mean, we talked about vehicles. Like, what, what what's Achan if he hits really big this next year? Let's say he averages 20 points per game. Like, do you remember that peak? Like, obviously, the answer is yes. I forgot who I'm talking to. Do you remember <laughs> that big season by CJ Spiller? Yes. Okay. Can, can you, could you see some version of Achan? Like, and, and Spiller had one big year. I remember that. One big year. I can't remember what derailed him or what happened after that, other than just looking at numbers. But can, Nathaniel like, Hackett. Could, Nathaniel Hackett. Okay. Okay. But you, but Spiller was a dynamo and he played pretty much the whole year. He got good volume. Like, you could see that happening with Achan, right? Like, in yeah. a, at his best in one year, what is he? But ultimately, if we saw that, right? Like, let's say you have a, a team with Devin Achan, wouldn't you just, like, you'd be looking to move to a different position, right? Yeah, I'd be looking to upgrade a quarterback. Yeah, I mean, if he runs for like fifteen hundred yards next year, twelve, yeah. fifteen touchdowns. I mean, yeah, you wouldn't hold that, right? You would go, let me go get Justin Jefferson. Let me go Correct. get, um, like, whatever you need, another position. And so that's the problem. Like, you'd be moving through Achan, and you'd probably say, let me go get someone like Justin Herbert by right. adding to. Like, the problem is you'd basically. 12 months from now, I'll probably want to reverse this deal. It's not a good feeling. Yeah. So, yeah. And both of us are, I mean, we're open to buying Kyler Murray. So that's the funny thing. Like, sometimes we, we look at these trades and it's like, I don't think either one of us versus market right now are really like anti Kyler Murray or anything. No, no, I wouldn't say that. But this is not, but this is not what you do with Kyler Murray. I, well, I guess this is what you do with Kyler Murray as terms of buying somebody else, but you don't, you're going to Murray the wrong way, right? You're going, you want to go from the other way. Yes. From the up. All right. Uh, got a couple other ancillary deals here. How about Justin Fields for Nico Collins? Straightforward so, one here. A, a, a player I love and a player I, I don't really love. Um, but this goes that. back to what we just talked about. Right? This goes right back to the, the beginning rule. Don't sell premium positions for, for you know, a, a player that, Again, you might really like this. Is the I just gave myself the warning to this five minutes ago, ten minutes, whatever, at the beginning of the show, right? Don't sell a player at a premium position in January for a for a player that you really like at a non-premium position, right? That's not an elite guy, right? And this is that. So again, Justin Fields is going earlier in startup drafts as well. Again, I think that there's other ways to do this deal, uh, but before I sold Justin Fields. For Nico Collins, I am selling Justin Fields. I'm attaching picks to him. I'm doing everything in 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 my power to go up, as opposed to go sideways or down at a non-premium position. Do you think mapping out the next six months? Do you think now is the time to sell Justin Fields? 
if you're making one of those charts, if you're trying to time things, is now as good a time as any? I mean, he, he yeah. his insulation is kind of wild. Like, yeah, I, I don't. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of things that could happen. Again, I, I've talked about like some different iterations of some trades that I think could be, um, you know, could be uh, teams that could be interested in him. I think it's maybe different than other people have talked about. Um, but do you think dynasty wise, his value changes a whole lot? If, he lands if in the New Bears, England. It, but if the bear if the Bears trade the the one oh one and they quote unquote build around Justin Fields, do you think he spikes in value? Versus I wouldn't I mean, say spikes, he, but I would well, say goes up. You do. Okay. I do. I do. Because if he goes to a different team, again, I don't know if a lot of people are, would hold it against Justin Fields because the Bears are in this position. It's not like they would they're they're Trade. I, I mean, I guess the most graphic would be if the Bears traded down and they still drafted a quarterback, like, and traded Fields in that instance. Like that, that would look very poorly upon Fields. But in general, like, I don't think anyone holds it against Chicago for being like, "Well, we got to draft Caleb Williams." Like the general mindset is like, "Well, you can't pass on that guy." The general discussion out there. So it's like, even though Fields has been like, even if you're saying he's okay, and is just not good enough for the position they're in. And he's going to go to another, I mean, he's going to be starting on another team this year. You would project. So mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. I, I, just, I mean, I, I guess passing on, I, I guess passing on Caleb Williams to keep Justin Fields could innately inspire more confidence. Yes. I would agree with that. I would agree Because with that. that would mean they hold him in such a high air that they don't even want because I don't think there's a lot of people out there that would be like, well, Caleb Williams, super, you know, super risky, don't like him, and can't draft that guy. It's not this not is not really an ambiguous by the market right now, ambiguous quarterback year. Right. Plus, the other thing you gotta remember is if they trade, you know, they have one. So if they trade right. it, yeah, you gotta start asking yourself where they trade that to. But say it's you know, let's yeah. say it's another top 10 pick. Now they got two of those and that's in a wide receiver range. So again, this is early in the process for me, you know, uh, you you know, the listener probably knows the rookie class better than I do at this point. Um, But I do know that there's some high profile wide receivers in this class. And so you add that to DJ Moore, you add that to Cole Komet, right? Yeah. Right. You double, if if you're picking twice in the top 10, you double the chance and it's not a quarterback. You're, you're doubling the chance that it's a skill position player. That's really good. Um, and I think that would help Fields as well, right? So, um, yeah. So I, I do think him staying in Chicago is probably the best for his dynasty valuation. Um, there's probably other situations where it could go up, right? If he landed in Atlanta, I think that'd be favorable. Um, but I, I don't, you know, on the whole, I, I wouldn't say that um, uh, it's it's a better, on average, him leaving than staying. Okay. Yeah, and and it's interesting discussing this deal because we both really like Nico Collins. I will say this, like I'm going after Nico Collins is a lot more straightforward than having to give up Justin Fields in Superflex. Correct. Like <laughs> he's accessible for like a late first. And Correct. it's really quizzical to me that it's so easily accessible because he I don't know what people would want to have seen last year. And then you Usually, 
a wide receiver does what he just did, and he'll like shoot through the moon on a rocket ship. And for some reason, he's not. Do you have any like? Again, I'm kind of siloed, and I think you are too. Like, I don't really understand the market not reacting to Nico Collins more strongly, right? Yes. I mean, attachment to the quarterback. He, I mean, elite rarefied air on a per route basis. A lot of promise. Build, grow with CJ Stroud, rising offense. I guess it's because he's, is he too old? Like what? Is he too old? Tank Dell. Is, is it because he's not a first round pick? Tank, Tank Dell's Dell. better? Tank I think, Dell's I think better. people, I think people. Uh, he's the wide receiver that's, one? That's certainly a part of the consideration, okay. I think, would be Tank They both Dell. can't be good? Okay. Uh, that's not my answer, but. No, I know, I know. Just, <laughs> well, Tank Dell's yes. not super high either. Mm-hmm. So is it because there's not just so John Mechie not being the wide receiver too? Is that the problem? I, I sometimes, I mean, sometimes Jalen Waddle and Tyree Kill can both be good and be on the same team. Like it's allowed, right? I remember Roddy White and Julio Jones. Like it's allowed. Yes. Do people think T Higgins stinks just because Jameer uh, Jamar Chase is on the same team? Like I'm. I don't know. This this is a confusing one. Nico Collins is very confusing to me. Mm-hmm. I yeah. offered I offered one twelve in a, a one quarterback format, and here was the response: I need a little bit more. A little bit more. That was the response from the other person. So I was close. I was close with one twelve, which is kind of laughable to me. So I just. I don't know. It's one of those black. Every there's a handful of players every off season where I truly don't understand why there wasn't move, more movement on them. And Nico Collins is one of them for 2024. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I guess they're they're just waiting for a round one wide receiver to be drafted there, and I don't even know who it would be, and I don't know what. Yeah, but yeah, but yeah, Justin Fields again. You got like you have a lot of optionality with him. And I think going over Nico Collins, like what would if it was Nico Collins and a 25 first, would you do that? So that's more interesting um, because I am doing a couple of things, right? I'm giving myself the ability to you know, get a quarterback, right? Um, and I'm betting against Justin Fields at the same time, right? I think by taking that person's first, right, you're kind of implicitly making a bet against Justin Fields. It's a little bit more interesting. I'd I'd probably be inclined to do that. Okay. I'd probably be inclined to do that. Last one, we got Brock Purdy for two attack of Iloa and Geno Smith. Yeah, you're going two for one. Uh or really one for two, I guess. Um, I do like Geno. It's worth noting. I think he's extremely undervalued. Um, so there's that. Um I think Purdy and Tua are an interesting cap. Um, we talked in the our wide-ranging show on the premium side this week about Shanahan offenses and guys that have, um, you know, actually been sort of additive to those offenses. I would put both Purdy and Tua in that category. Um, I think the answer to this is Purdy. Uh, and I just – I we saw Tua lead the league in passing, and he finished his quarterback time. That's concerning. It's jarring. Yep. The phrase that comes up with that is, what's a guy got to do? 
<laughs> right? Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's that's 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 troubling from a ceiling perspective because you can't. I mean, what's his odds to do that again? Right? He's not going to be. He's not going to have a top five or six yeah. odds in the betting yeah, market. That is ceiling. That, that is ceiling. Right? Ceiling feels like QB ten to twelve, and it's like. I mean, you're almost priced at that, Correct. which is not what you want. Correct. And the downside of, again, Miami didn't get a fraction of where they thought they might go this year or wanted to go. Mm-hmm. What ha- And here's the other thing. He stayed healthy. Right. Do we think all those circumstances are happening again next year? What if Tyreek Hill misses half the season? Does Tua finish at QB 25? Let's be real talk. I mean... <laughs> That's a possibility. Yeah. Tua misses a month with a concussion next year. What happens to his market value? So we were talking about in July, right? Mm-hmm. And never brought up again. Why? Kung Fu magic. Didn't happen this year. So right. there's so much risk with Tua. The crazy thing is, like, yeah, we're both geno positive. And doesn't it feel like Purdy had it's so weird to say. Purdy has more next two years confidence than Tua mm-hmm. in a lot of ways. Yeah. Trust the yeah. offense a little bit more. Trust him to, you know, I mean, we saw him mix it up, a little bit of rushing, right? I mean, yeah. you can say it doesn't matter. Tua gives you almost nothing. Almost nothing. Yeah. It just feels like these are going to be some fun contracts, right? Tua coming up, Purdy coming up. Game on. Yeah. You want to talk about making your money as an NFL front office, managing those situations. That's what you get paid for. Those are the ones that actually can tear you down or build you up. Yep. Speaking of that, uh, I do have a from Life and Dynasty lessons learned this week. And watching the games, uh, two great games, one of the best Sundays I can recall. I only watched for like 45 minutes. Uh, you got those on uh, condensed version. Thank you, NFL Plus. I haven't said thank you NFL Plus in a while. Uh, Jordan has heard my lamented stories over the years, especially uh, preseason and week one, always a journey. I think they're on the right track, though. I think they got the right tech team behind them finally here in 2024. But uh, my my lesson is this. It's hard to win and get over the hump. Um, Lions were a gut punch. I mean, that is one where, again, uh, you, you saw... Uh, a lot of the commentary post game is it's hard to get back. It is hard to get back to this spot and this moment. Frankly, you can, you never will. It'll be a different dynamic in a future year. Plenty of teams, plenty of players that early career, early season, or this iteration of this team, you get one chance. And if you fall short before the Super Bowl, you fall short in the Super Bowl, that, that sometimes that's the only got, chance you got. And it's sad, but we know that's the way it goes. And I I think in Dynasty, again, it's a little easier. You know, you're dealing with 12 teams, not 32 You're in most iterations. Uh, Again, you have a lot more dynamic control over your roster. We talk about that every week with trading and strategy and all of that. But I do think NFL to Dynasty, as well as something I was thinking about personally, is changing habits. You know, that getting over the hump. When is something actually a habit? When is something now an intrinsic part of your life? And you say five years ago, I didn't do it at all. Or 10 years ago, like I was 
in this aspect, I'm a completely different person. That is so diabolically hard. And I haven't had problems with this, but I can only imagine and parallel this to someone that has, you know, disease, sickness, you know, alcoholism, um, you know, if you smoke, like giving that up, or um, it could be something dynamically with uh, family relationships. I mean, to really improve these things can be such a mountain to climb. And I think about it in Dynasty, you know, we, we talk about falling short, you know, you get to 10 title games, you win three. Yeah, you know, that 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 didn't turn out how you wanted it. But I see some people, you know, they ask questions like, I got to get over the hump. It's like, I've made the playoffs four straight years. You know, I've made a couple finals. I haven't won. I haven't won. And they're looking that there's some magic pill that's going to make them win next year. And I think NFL teams, again, they strive to do that. And I think there's parallels to all these things. But it's the small things that lead to the medium things that lead to the big things. And like we always talk about training habits of trading. And it's for when those moments come up. We can say here, you know, hey, trade for the stud quarterback. Do this. Do that. But it's training your brain that way. It's not that in your particular league, trading with 11 random people that we don't know, that you're going to be able to get a deal done, like we say, this week. It's being ready for the moment. The moment could be in July. The moment could be during your rookie draft. The moment could be in October if Josh Allen breaks his femur. Sorry, Jordan. I, I'm not speaking that he, he will never. He's a tank. He's Cam Newton plus. It will not happen. <laughs> but a scenario like that, I mean an opportunity in the dynasty marketplace presents itself. And so you have to be ready for that moment. The moment might not be January 30th. So that's that's what I mean of you train for that. And that's why like for habits, you're training it. I keep hearing it longer. Like I, th I thought it was 23 days or something I read long ago. And now they say it's like six weeks where it takes a habit, you know, a, a, a new thing to become a habit. I don't know who's making six weeks. Like that's why I guess these, these dreams die hard in January because you got to make it to Valentine's day. <laughs> Good luck. Good luck making it to Valentine's day. And so I just think it's hard to win. It's hard to get over the hump for, and I feel honestly, like I had some marginal rooting interests in the games this weekend. And again, there's teams that didn't even make it. And we're going to blow past these in terms of like, you know, everyone's going to talk about, the Super Bowl. Oh, who played a couple weeks ago? Who lost in the divisional round? This stuff gets brushed under the rug. Just know it's hard. This is really hard. I mean, these are apex teams in the NFL to even get this far. And then you lose. Half of them lose every week. So God, to take home a ring. And that's why, I mean, we talked for like 10 minutes about Patrick Mahomes and like, <laughs> this is just it's hard. It's really hard. It's set up. It's what did they say during the Patriots dynasty, right? Like it's set up for you not to do this. It's set up to have a different Super Bowl winner every single year over like five to 10 years. Don't be surprised. You get one off a of smoke, you're gone. Good luck repeating. It just doesn't happen. So the more and more, like I just have respect for, you know, if someone says, hey, like I'm trying to get in shape. I'm trying to quit smoking. I'm trying to like, I haven't talked to my family in 10 years. I'm, I'm trying to rekindle that. Like I respect the crap out of all that stuff. And I don't, I don't 
personally deal with one of those things specifically, but like, I can only imagine the mental, physical and built in hardware, firmware updates you're going to have to make mm -hmm. to make some of those things even marginally happen for a cross section of your future life. Yeah. Inertia. Inertia is a hard thing. Inertia is a that, hard thing. And, and so, like, just life inertia is really tough. Yeah. So, I will say, I'm trying, Jordan, I'm trying to get up earlier. I'm trying. This whole, like, early to bed, early to rise thing, I'm trying. I'll send my kids over stay. to you and you can uh, you can hang out with them at 6 Well, no, I'm talking about optionally, not. <laughs> yeah. You know what I keep telling myself? I'll, Uncle I'll Chad this. wants to babysit. That's what oh I my heard. gosh, Jordan! If we have we have a weekly date, but if you want that to end, <laughs> volunteer my kids. Yeah, perfect. I know. Didn't you say something about like, hey, if you're in the area, you can stay over? I, uh, I, I, I keep making sound effects. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I, but I do, you know, I, I, the, the way, here's the thing I try to convince myself because like you, I feel like, you know, when things are quiet at night, I get a lot done and that's sort of my working hours a lot of times. And I'm trying to convince myself or tell myself or actually see enough reps of it of saying, if I do something at 1030 at night, or if I do it at 530 in the morning, it's the same. But I have this thing. See, you're on the East Coast. And I think, honestly, for this mental part, you have an edge. Because I'm three hours earlier. If I do something in the morning, it's like late for cross sections of the country. Like if yeah. I do something at 7 a.m., it's a 10 for people right. on the East Coast. They're right. like, did Chad forget? Right. So I, f I have this pressure on myself. I have to do it at night. But see, if you do it at night, you do it before bed. Or in the morning, it, it really is the same. Right. If you did something at 5 a.m., it's the same as if you did it at 11 at night. Right. I miss that a little bit. I miss that. Um, hey, listen, we got a spot. You can come stay here and get the East Coast experience. <laughs> I will say. <laughs> exactly. I am. Uh, I, I will say. We're going to be on the East Coast in 2024, which is exciting. Yeah. Yeah, I, listen, I, I am saying you Jordan, can stay I, here. You know, we don't even have, Jordan, we don't even charge it. Jordan, this is not that's the kids for an hour. Care. This is not. <laughs> oh my god, this is spa day for Jordan. Actually, no, you just go bike riding. That's what you would do. exactly. Yeah, yeah, you go bike riding. Yeah, be honest. If we were, if I was there, you would have me daycare your kids as opposed to us going for a bike ride together. No, I wouldn't have you daycare my kids. Okay, okay, <laughs> I would not. Have it's just wishing, hoping. Stuff. I'm just trying to. You're gonna show me that hill that your car could barely drive up. That's absolutely. We gotta. Oh yeah, Jordan's God. gotta lose some weight before I start riding up that. Me. I'll tell you that for sure. Gas me. You're gonna put me on the bike that you got rid of five years ago. That's what you're gonna do. Mm. <laughs> no, it's sitting right there. She's sitting right there. She. Oh. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You have two bikes, right? I do. You got the good bike. You got the good. You got the. Uh, you got the alien bike. Yeah. The one that Patrick Mahomes paid for. Yeah. You'll be Patricia. hilarious. You should... That's named Patricia. <laughs> you um, get him to if you got Patrick Mahomes to sign that bike, that would be one of the funniest things. Yeah. It's so good. Yeah. So, yeah, Patricia. What would we, Jordan? Jordan, what would we do? The 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 Chad Parsons tour bus comes through comes through your town. We get we get one magical afternoon and evening. What are we doing? 
I'd go for we'd go for a bike ride. Take you get some go good for a bike ride. We'd get a good meal. Get a good meal together. Are you gonna show me the Starbucks you go to? We'd go get Starbucks. That'd be good. Yeah, you gotta show me the full tour. Give me the full tour. Yeah. I'll get a and you know what? I'll commit to this. I'll get a black coffee at Starbucks. Be great. I will well, not I have will a nice not long day. Be great. Bottled smoothie. I know we gotta pack in so much. I know. We'll get you up here. You should stay up here for a weekend. It'll be great. Yeah, there's I a know. there's Again, you could stay I right at it, it could stay I'm right in the Finger Lakes. It'll I think it's gonna happen. I think summer twenty twenty four, it's gonna happen. I think I'm gonna yeah. be is it gonna be nice weather? Can you promise me that? It's usually pretty nice up here in August. Pretty nice up here. August. July. Going all the way to August. July, August. Could, It'd be great. Could maybe a little chilly. June. No, summer's fine. Summer's, summer's fine. fine. Yeah. When does summer start? Fourth of July. That's <laughs> <laughs> oh, so good. Okay. No, it, we'll get, no, we'll get, no I'm saying it would, it would be. If I were projecting right now, I'm gonna say probably would be uh, it might be june june's you okay good. june's good snow on the ground no it'll be fine it'll be fine <laughs> fine okay we really hit we're it hard between memorial day and labor day up here we really get after it so yeah all right so yeah soak it up i know that this is why i'm limited on when i can be in that general vicinity mm-hmm. northeast mm-hmm. mid midwest north yeah somewhere between wisconsin Minnesota and all the way across. I there's pretty much a three month window. You got to soak it in as much as you can, and then get out, and then get the get the f out of Dodge. Make sure your make sure your law license has a reciprocity with a warmer state. That's what you got to do. <laughs> That'd be like a freaking bird. You got to drive a thousand miles directly south. Exactly. ASAPs. Travel through Indianapolis and get out of there. All right. <laughs> Mention it again. Uh, we had a great conversation. Uh, we actually we actually said either or uh, because, you know, we've done some shorter form uh, restrictive content and then we just busted it out. Jordan did the press record right when I got on the call and we blew it out for an hour plus with a variety of directions. And again, I think we need both, uh, but it was really nice for a few weeks. We didn't do that at all. And on the premium side of Dynasty Think Tank this week over at patreon.com slash Dynasty Think Tank, uh, we went old school. And we talked about a lot of different things. It was all football and football adjacent. So, uh, again, a lot of good stuff. We mixed it with Dynasty, especially the last, I would say, 30, 40, 50% of the show. Um, but, again, it's our it's our catch-up time. And, uh, again, thanks so much for supporting us. Thanks so much for uh, looking the direction we're going in 2024, uh, that uh, we're supplying additional and premium Dynasty content, as well as continuing on that weekly conversation and date that we have uh, between us thanks so much for listening to dynasty think tank you can follow us on twitter at chad parsons nfl and at mcnamara dynasty we have our own dynasty content channels at analytics.dynasty.com and at uthdynasty.com as always unlock your ceiling and seek elite results 